0: Hi, Chad. Hi,
1: Cameron. What is it? It is a day.
0: That's right. It's Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad. Oh, that was it. I, I always fuck that up. It's, well, I mean, we don't have a lot of consistency, so... We're bad at know. this. I don't know. It's weird. Um, So we skipped last week because my internet wasn't so good. Right. I didn't even feel like it. Like, this... It's been two weeks since we last like sat down to talk, and it feels like we did one of these two days ago.
1: Yeah, time doesn't work right anymore. It's sad, it isn't? Uh, it. But yeah, that that's where we are. Time's broken. It wasn't my fault, but you know.
0: Yeah, well. Anyways, sorry that we missed a week. Hopefully, this episode turns out okay. Yeah, the good um, news
1: is, and what is my it, fault is, we have a we have a friend.
0: We always have a friend. Hi Richard. Hi Richard. But we have a uh, we have a new Richard in with the studio with us.
2: Hi, I'm new Richard. It's been a I'm happy to be taken over from old Richard. And yeah, being on this opinions are cheap this week. Yay! 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 This is the one episode of opinions are cheap that I'm not going to listen to. So, very exciting. I don't
1: know what that's like not listening to this show. I say sarcastically.
2: Yay! I guess you you edit it, camera, so you, you listen to the show every week.
0: No. No. I don't... See, so Chad always talks about this. You guys, like, edit the show, right? Because mm-hmm. your show turns out awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could, you could edit it better. Yeah, that's And the I hope. think the problem is you're listening to it. Because all I do... This is my editing process. I test that things are synced up at four points in the, the recording. hmm So, like, every 15 minutes, I make sure that the conversations are functioning. I do a noise reduction. I do a DS run. I normalize everything. I truncate silence. Um, I listen to it one more time to make sure that, like, it actually still syncs up. And then I hit print. See, that seems like a much better system than me just listening to it and getting angry when everyone breathes. It takes, like, 10 minutes. Damn. And, I mean... This is behind the scenes, and I know our loyal listeners might not want to hear me cutting corners, but I'm going to be honest with you, you don't pay me enough to to work on this. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that
1: way, too, about our show, and I still, like, spend a couple hours when I have to or, like, two hours to edit, probably.
0: Well, yeah, (laughs) see, you you always apologize, boy, Cameron, you're going to have to edit this one, and I go, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Have you ever tried the, the Cameron School of Editing Chad? No,
1: but I'm kind of tempted.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're not even editing every every week anymore. Because like like, for the first like 75 episodes, it was all you.
1: Dude, for like the first like 175 episodes, it was all me. Yeah, that's probably. Don't don't you dare (laughs) pretend
2: you were doing. (laughs) Hey, I edited my 20 minutes uh, Yu Gi Oh episode, so. Haha.
1: Yeah, sure. Haha. Take pride in that.
2: I will. But yeah, I might try that Cameron method, because like, I just get so angry when John Luke breathes, or anyone <laughs> breathes. It's like a loud <laughs> breath, and it's like, why? Why are you breathing during this podcast? You should just be talking, and just going.
1: So the thing, though, is like when I send my audio to you, Cameron, I clean the shit out of it. Like I could send you unedited versions of it, and then you would be in our
0: hell. So you're welcome. Well, how come my half turns out okay? I don't hmm. know. Cause I I don't I don't do a very heavy pass on mine. Once in a while, when we have like recording issues, I will literally listen to the entire thing. But I don't do a whole lot of cleanup at all. So I'm not sure what you guys. Uh, maybe it's the maybe it's your mics. What what kind of mic do you use?
1: A shitty Logitech one.
0: I'm also See, using a Logitech just, mic. Yeah, I have I have like a. I'm not gonna call it high grade, but it's like okay grade. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe just the quality of the microphone makes my life easier.
2: Yeah, I I used to have issues because I had like the Rode mic that was just like getting all the sound, but now I just got a headset, uh, Logitech headset with a blue mic built in, and it's been a it's been a good stuff. Or at least I think it is. I don't know, if Chad's been editing.
1: I haven't. Yeah, like we 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 trade off now. It's nice.
3: Mm.
0: Well, I don't think any of us can uh can afford mics anymore. Now that we all play Warhammer. Yay! Yay Warhammer. Yay! Or in Alex's case, uh, whatever that Star Wars Warhammer
2: thing is. Star-, Star-, Star Warhammer Star Wars. Okay, man, the Warhammer figures look so much cooler though. I mean, the Star Wars well, figures I... look cool.
0: They're good. Um, they're yeah. not like super high grade, but also they're priced a little more appropriately.
2: Okay, yeah. Because I mean, what I paid mostly, the... yeah. Because like for the for the pack, you get like thirteen Rebel troopers, thirteen uh, Imperial troopers and like an ATST and two speeder bikes and all that kind of thing for 50 bucks but you also get the game
0: which yeah, looking see, back to it is pretty good yeah like with warhammer if you want to get that many guys you can get a box that's like 200 dollars, and it doesn't come with the game shit so what um, what, what is the game
2: for warhammer because i mean like you know like chad he has his his set of figures with barber jinx and all, all the guys in there but like does he have to what, what else
0: does he have to get to actually play the game well, if he wants to actually play the game, he needs like, um, I'm gonna say, probably like a couple dozen more dudes. Damn, I can't do it. Um, These took
1: so long to do.
0: <laughs> you, you need you need the core rule book. There's also like kind of an expansion book that has like I'm gonna call it patch notes. Hmm. There's also you need to buy the rule book for your army. So there's like, uh, Chad, what are you guys? You got the chaos
1: chaos space marines
0: chaos space marines so there is a chaos space marine rulebook that has all the stats of his guys and so if he has those three books and enough guys then he's officially like tournament ready damn if you're playing with friends you cut out the little cardboard standees and go this is the new one that just came out and you you download the pdf off of uh, 4chan for free And go, oh, look at these notes. This fixes the balance issues.
3: Hmm.
2: So would Chad have to buy more figures from the same set he already has? Because, like, can you crossbreed armies? Or
0: is it, like, if you have an army, you're sticking with that army? It depends on the army. Hmm. With the Chaos Space Marines, they actually get along with any other Chaos unit. So he could get the demons, and he could get the, the zombie guys, and he could get the Egyptian guys. Isn't there another Chaos one? Um probably i think there's a few um but you can kind of mix and match but mm-hmm. i think if you stick with your own core army some of them have special rules where they get certain abilities if it's a pure like set of that faction and a lot of the times things are balanced in a way where that's a very tempting bonus so you you would normally only mix and match if you either don't get a bonus Or if you're going for a very specific kind of strategy. Like there's a... One of the army factions is like military. Where they're not super soldiers. They're just literal soldiers. But what makes them really good is they have the best tanks and artillery in the game. And they have a lot of very cheap units. So you can kind of like Zerg rush with a bunch of guys with guns. The, The risk there is if you get in a situation where long range isn't viable then you want to have something melee. So you might be bringing in like a little assist squad on the side of like Swordmasters or or something from a different like squadron. Right. But I I guess usually you don't see that. And
2: so
1: It sounds like like a lot of work.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is. It really does.
1: It's funny because I know like you talked about you get these big box sets for like $200. You get like a whole army. And there's a YouTube videos on how painting miniatures and assembling them, and it's like, I bought this orc set for $200 and it came with, like, 50 orcs, and I'm painting them in batches of 10 so I don't commit suicide. It's like, <laughs> oh man, my favorite hobbies make me want to commit suicide all the time. Yep, we're doing it right!
2: Uh. So, so why did you guys, like, is this your first sort of Warhammer painting experience, or like, what's what's that? Because I think it's the first one for Chad, and it's definitely the first one for me.
3: Yep, first so one for I, me. i
0: Yeah, I've painted... um, I've painted miniatures before. Like, I've gotten little ones for D&D. But my very first, like, actual miniature... um, Are you familiar with War Machine? Or Hordes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad, are you familiar with those? So, they're like... I'm gonna call them, um, like, budget Warhammer. But that implies that they're cheap. And they're kinda not. (laughs) Sure. Um...
1: Miniature stuff's expensive, is what I found out, because I definitely looked at other stuff after, you know, I was, I was working on these. Like, oh, this is fun. Are yeah. things cheaper? And it's like, yes, but you're sacrificing a lot of quality. And if yeah, you're going right. for, for same quality, they're, they're basically the same price. So uh, Warma
0: Hordes, Hordes is pretty cool. Um, it's not like, there's not like the super deep lore. I think that's what kind of got me to fall in love with 40k, hmm. is I'm starting to really like the world building. But I really liked those little hordes guy that was like an alligator shaman. Like, he looked like a Warcraft shaman, just an alligator race. You can get nine croak raiders for $64. Wow! Huh. They look fun. What a deal! Ah. Um, And I had a lot of fun learning how to paint him, but he certainly didn't come out good. Sure. Right. But I've done little things across, you know, over the years, like I'll dabble a little bit. But I've just been really craving, like, I want to sit down and learn how to paint these better. I want to sit down and, like, paint themed units or, like, make a little diorama of, like, fighting units. And so looking for something to scratch that itch, I ended up with Warhammer, where even though it's, like, a premium, it's kind of like, hey, I'm getting tired of, like, playing some of these games. If I just, like, unsub from Warcraft, that's my Warhammer budget. Right. Right. Because I'm basically throwing money out the window on Warcraft anyways. And then
2: uh, for me, I really like that it doesn't have anything to do with being on a computer or being on electronics or anything. I can just sort of sit down
0: away from screens and just paint as long as I want to paint. Yeah. So the other part, I used to collect Amiibos. Oh, yeah. Me too. But that that wave kind of died off. And it's like, well, I like my little figures, but I haven't gotten a little figure in a long while. Mm Mm-hmm. So now it's like, wait a minute. What if I got figures that were like sculpted even better? And you can paint them, and make them your own. They'll have their own cringy backstory that only I will know until you write the fan fiction, so you can release it. Man,
2: Amiibos used to be. I mean, it was, it was it was the phase, but I remember like little Mac Amiibo being like one hundred and fifty dollars if you had one. Oh, um, I
0: got the gold Mario. Oh, that geez. Was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Do that any of them that still didn't matter, have value? Like a month later. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, are there any that are? No, there's enough to go around. Um damn it. it that's what happens when, when everyone collects something. The collectibles are valuable after the market's gone. Right. Like once you can't get them anymore and there's not enough to go around, that's what drives the price up. Yeah. So like World War Two happened and they and they're you know, they're throwing away the paper so now we don't have the comic books and now like Captain America number one's worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But then you'll get guys like printing comics now, and I go, "Oh, you want to hold on to this? It'll be worth a lot in fifty years." I was like, "No, it won't." Do you want this Captain America number
2: one from Marvel now?
3: Ooh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, they relaunch it every year,
0: so it's like, man, uh, yeah. So I don't know, uh, and- Chad. You said this is your first time painting a miniature, yes. Ooh. But it's not your first time painting a macroature. Oh, you've, you've oh. painted normal scale, right? I've I've painted things before, like, on canvas or whatever. Yeah. Canvas.
1: Uh, but yeah, this was the first time painting anything tiny, and then I went, like, extra special tiny. Because uh, miniature, as it turns out, is, is, is the true bit. Uh, it was really interesting painting something this small with this much detail. I feel like, even before painting, though, I mean, when we talked about this a bit, but, like, my favorite part almost was, was building the damn things. Uh, I really enjoyed you, you got all the sheets you have the numbers and it's like okay I need to plan out what my characters look like I want to know what weapons they're gonna hold and what poses they're gonna be and then I gotta you know cut them out and glue them and like that took like a bit over an hour per figure and like that was really fun I was listening to podcasts and watching stuff as I did it and then the painting thing was like oh now the hard part begins <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed it. For the first like six hours, and then after a certain point, it's like, oh, I'm still doing this, and every time I fuck up, I have to like really fix the fuck ups, and that's kind of difficult because I'm of, of the paints I'm using, and the, everything's so damn tiny, and it, yeah, it's been a it's been a interesting couple weeks.
2: Did you do them all like in a row kind of thing, or like I like...
1: tried to batch paint them. Mm-hmm. So like I would do a color across all of them. So like when I did the eyes, I did like every eye on every character.
2: Oh shoot. Yeah, I can't draw eyes. It's too small. My paintbrush is not small enough. So I just so, e- the, shadow it. I this, don't know.
0: Yeah, but Chad, describe how you picked your guys. Because you, you knew, like, with you, you didn't want to get into the hobby. You just wanted nice models to paint.
1: Yeah, so right? and I didn't know anything about the lore or any of that stuff. I just knew you were you were getting Warhammer stuff. And I was like, that sounds like fun. I might not be at work for a while because it might shut down. I need things to occupy my time. And so I was going largely on visuals and then just, like, what came in the box. Because uh, I wanted to really customize what I, what I got. And so the set I came with was, like, it builds these guys or builds these guys. And I was like, oh, well, if I mix and match, I can make something in between so I can give them, like, really big jetpacks and claw hands, but also they can be holding guns. <laughs> and I... That, that was what I set out to do, was, like, I want to make a, a set of characters that will be awful if you played with them, but will look really neat. And so... I chose my box set largely based on that exact criteria, and I bought it off of eBay for a bit cheaper, which was cool too. And I'm you did I'm thinking, pick a good set, though. Yeah, the, the I got the Chaos Space Marine like Raptor set, but it then also builds like some other group of characters that they're supposed to all have like claws and like wrist blades and stuff. And it's like, oh, the wrist blades and claws are cool, but if you fuck with their hands a bit, you can give them guns and claws. Like you can do both. Or, um, one guy, like, the arm setup is, like, you can have one dude who's holding a big gun that he uses two hands for. you, So he's holding, like, the bu- the barrel in one and the-, the stock in the other kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, but if I position this gun in a certain way, he can just be holding this big gun with one hand. And then I can, like, put a sword in the other hand. And now he's got a gun and a sword. A big gun and a sword. Like, that's neat. So I did that. And the heads were different. Some of them had, like, really big, like, devil horns. And I was like, oh, those are cool. I might as well grab a couple of those. Like, So it was really fun building these characters and, like, trying to give them some level of a story. uh, Getting them posed right so it looks like they're ready to fuck some shit up. Which, evidently not that hard because Warhammer.
2: They're so edgy and I love it.
1: Yeah, it's great. And so I'm, I'm looking at other Warhammer sets I might want next for when I do decide to do this again. And it's like, no, it's got to be able to build one or the other so I can use parts from both. Like, I want to continue, that is the thing I do, because I want, like, full customability over what I'm building.
0: Yeah, I actually, I have a little, like, plastic container that I'm putting the extra bits in, because it's like, okay, I'm going to be pulling this stuff out later.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, with the Star Wars figures, it's like, there's no customizability. It's like, this is how they look, stick them together, paint them. I guess you get you get the customizability in the painting, but even then, you shouldn't be customizing them all too much if you want them to be able to be played in the game. Like you can do like sure. rebel troopers who are, th- but they have to all be like from basically the movie or like a, a certain kind of theme. Like you want the ones on Endor or you want the ones on, you know, the beginning of Episode Four on the Tantive IV or four or or, or what have you. But I just decided to make because basically it's two of every one or, or or you can split them into groups of two. So half of them are going to be like, okay, they're by the book, they're cool figures, and the other ones are going to be like, yeah, this guy's wearing green and yellow, and this guy's got a red eye, and like, don't really care. So half are the cannon fodder, and half are the uh, actual sort of figures.
1: That makes sense. I mean, you gotta have your yeah. cannon fodder, right? But also, like, yeah, you want some people to stand out, and that's kind of the fun of it too—is just like trying to create names and stories and stuff for these characters, even if they're like stupid, which is definitely how I went. Like, one of my characters is named Chili Bean. because why the fuck not like warhammer's dumb as
0: shit it really is like honestly like chad your your half mild interest in it is the most appropriate way to enjoy this
1: (laughs) i've been watching and listening to videos on like the lore on youtube and the the comedy ones are my favorite because they don't take it seriously which is i think the appropriate thing to do because i'm listening to like (laughs) <laughs> Two videos on orcs, right? And one of them's like, these are the big smashy boys. They're dumb as shit. And if they believe a thing, it works. Because that's how their technology works. I'm like, fuck yeah. The other one is like, these are the orcs. They're the green horde that kills worlds. And what they believe works. And it's like, okay, when you say it that way, <laughs> it doesn't work. It's stupid. But also, yeah, the big smashy boys. And I like them. And I kind of want an orc set now.
0: Yeah, and it would be really cool if you, did, you, know, you could get a set that compliment your chaos guys and have them like, look like they're in the middle of a cool battle or something. Yeah. yeah. And you and never look, actually a have to battle. Piece.
2: Yeah. 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 Like they make good display pieces, which is, which is a nice little thing. I mean, they are small. So I was, like just to even taking pictures of these, I had to get like the right color angle and just like light and everything. Cause if you want to get the details, sometimes it's hard to see, but also kind of works out. Cause none of my guys have eyes. So it's like, I oh, don't look too close. It's fine. They can't see you. You can't see them.
0: Oh man, yeah, painting fine, eyes! Your, your dudes look like little, um, little soldiers. I mean, it, yeah. I think they turned out really nice.
2: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's. I was surprised at how they turned out because I've never like really done much painting or, or art kind of thing. My writing is really bad, so it's like, oh, it's. It, it kind of felt like, oh, I can, I can actually do this, and everyone that I do, I'm sort of excited for. And it's, like, it's so calming, and, it like, th- th- there's a bit of stress, because you, like, like Chad said, you don't want to, you don't want to screw it up and everything, or, it, it, it is a really small set, so you're trying to get all the details, but it's also, yeah, it's a nice little calming break.
1: I'm curious, Alex, yeah. like, uh, what kind of videos and tutorials did you watch before you started, if
2: any? Well, because Star Wars Legion, they have, like, basically paint guides for every character kind of thing. So, I just sort of watched like a couple of those, and then I like got halfway through a video, and then kind of was like, "Well, this is kinda of dry, I understand, but they also have step by step sort of like these are the paints you need to use for this step, this is the layers you gotta do, which I, which I did for a couple of them, which are just available on the Star Wars Legion thing, and i got I got primer, but it was red primer, so my stormtroopers I thought would look a little weird, but they're actually turning out well, which is nice, but most of it was just like are they gonna
0: yeah, yeah." Are... Are they are they going to make um the sequel stuff?
2: I I don't know cuz they like they just came out with the clone war stuff like recently
0: like in the last year. Yeah. Which I, I honestly I would buy first order stormtroopers. Yeah. And I would paint them like the executioners with the half black helmet.
2: Yeah, yeah. i was talking to my brother and he's like if like he he wants those weird red red headed ones from Rise of Skywalker. Like he wants to paint those kind of
0: thing. The Sith army.
2: Yeah, yeah, the Sith army cuz like the, a red Stormtrooper looks cool, and those uh, the officers where their helmets are red and it kind of looks out of place are funny to look at, too. So I hope they're doing it. I, I'm not quite sure how successful Legion is, like, in comparison to, to, to Warhammer or, or whatever. Um, I've
0: heard Legion's doing all right. Um, yeah. I actually what, I went to a hobby store looking for some Warhammer stuff, mm-hmm. and it was interesting because uh, I walked in and I was looking at the paints, and they had, like, half the paints that I was looking for. Um and they, they didn't have any models out and I was wondering like, Oh, I wonder if this store doesn't carry stuff. And the the owner said, Oh hey, we just got a truck delivery. If you want, you can go in the back and just look at everything while we're receiving it. Oh, cool. So I oh, went in nice. the back and there was it what was interesting was there was a whole table of Magic the Gathering, a whole table of uh Warhammer forty K, mm-hmm. a table of Warhammer, like the fantasy setting, and then a table of Star Wars Legion. Huh. And I want to say Star Wars Legion was actually taking up more space than the fantasy Warhammer table. That's cool. Like, they, he was like, oh, and we got a bunch of Legion stuff. I know that stuff's been going.
3: Hmm.
0: And I thought, wow, okay, I didn't realize that it was actually taking off. Because I heard, like, hardcore hobbyists say it's good, but I've heard that before, and stuff doesn't last, you know? Right. I guess the Star Wars name
2: does give it sort of a boost, which is probably the reason that I got into it. Because I remember, like, just... Because I bought this, I didn't buy it to paint, I bought it originally or was looking at it because I wanted to play like a Star Wars game while I'm at home. Yeah. My brother's at home, right? So I was like, oh, I'll get this. And I I got my set and I'm like, they're not even painted? Like I I opened it up, and it's like, these are all gray figures. The box, they're painted. Like, what? What I paid like 80 bucks for this game, and then I start reading the instructions, and it's like 40 pages long. And then at the end of the instructions, there's like, for the rest of the instructions, check out the PDF, which is 120 pages long. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is uh
3: <laughs>
2: hard to get into for sure. And then, uh, I don't know if it was me listening to an episode of Opinions are Cheap where you guys were talking about painting, where I was like, oh wait, I can paint these guys, like, it, it's possible, people are painting, I can paint, or, or or what it ended up being, but then ordered some paints, got some primer, and yeah, I'm, I'm actually happy that they ended up not painted, because this is, a, I think, a great value, because I got the game, and then I also got, like, the joy of painting if I
0: don't want to play the game.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. it really
0: is half the fun.
1: Also, it's time-consuming if you are being really meticulous, like, I was trying to, like, tally up the hours I put into these figures between, Mm -hmm. like, building and painting them, and it's got to be close to 20.
2: Wow. uh, And
1: and I've been doing this for, like, a month now. Like, it's been a fucking project.
2: Yeah. And and, and so with yours, is it you put them together and then you paint them? Mm -hmm. Or is it you're painting them as you're putting them
1: together? No, I, I put them together and then I painted them. And I think... Some of them I probably should have, like, painted and then glued. Like, you build, like, the arms and the shoulder pad, and then you, you paint those and then glue it on just so you don't have to worry about getting your brush into really tiny nooks and crannies. Yeah. But at the same time, like, no one's going to look in there in those crevices because they're just, like, so tight
2: and awkward. Yeah, it's, like, it's nice that they're miniature because, like, if, if you do them nicely, you can still see details and they look good. But if you look, like, no one's going to look especially too close at them, which is also mm-hmm. nice. But also... Well, that it... was
1: the fun thing. Like, taking pictures as I was working on them, because the camera captures them close up and I can zoom in, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, I'm seeing flaws in them that I cannot see with my goddamn eyes, because, like, I'm holding them up and the lighting's kind of bad, and it's like, oh, it turns out I missed a spot here <laughs> that I literally can't see, but I te- I know is there because I took a picture of it and it's, like, plain as fucking day.
2: Uh, Yeah, like, halfway through my second figure, my dad's like, hey, you want this magnifying glass? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I I do and I looked at my first figure and it's like half of him's not painted and I'm like wow my eyes are like stinging from just looking so close and everything uh, Yeah it,
1: it is a it is such a bizarre hobby but yeah I really I really dug it of course my big thing cuz you guys are using acrylic paint right mm-hmm. So I yeah, went I to so. hobby like hobby lobby and I bought a set of paints for models and it was uh, enamel paint for like painting cars and airplanes and shit hmm. And enamel paint is very different than acrylic paint. For one thing, it's not water-based. I feel like the colors are a lot more opaque, so some of the layering and stuff for transparent colors to blend don't work as well. You need to use paint thinner or some kind of mineral spirits to clean your brushes or to thin, thin the stuff. It is very hydrophobic. It will not mix with water. And so, and I'm looking up tutorials and stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, you don't want to use enamel paint on this. It's a bitch. And it's like, oh cool, I'm, I, I'm doing this hard mode, and I literally can't go get acrylics because all the stores are closed now. (laughs) I guess I'm stuck with what I got. But at the same time, like, the colors are super vivid. And so I was like, well, I really like this purple. I really like this silver. We'll just make this work.
2: Yeah, like, there were a number of times throughout when I was, like, halfway through, and I'm like, this doesn't look very good. But by the time I got to the end, I was like, oh, like, this looks better than I I thought it would be. And I don't know if it's just because I put the time into it, and it just, like you know, it looks good to me because I've been there for a while. I'm like, oh, you know, this actually looks pretty good. But there's, like, there's a nice sense of satisfaction when you're done a figure and it looks pretty good, and you're like, oh, huh. It's kind of paying off. It's nice.
1: Yeah, it... it, My problem, though, is, like, this looks good, and I come back to it a bit later. It's like, I can see all the parts of silver I missed. Like, (laughs) I need to go back and touch up again. And, like, today, like, I could still keep doing that. I am just like, you know what? No, they're done. I've put enough time into this. Uh, I feel like I got... Most of the effects in there that I wanted to get in there, as far as uh, glows or whatever, mm-hmm. is good enough.
3: Yeah,
0: I honestly really do like yours, Chad. Though they look really good. Yeah, like an- I got a I got a picture of it here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take all our our pictures and I'm gonna put them in like an imager folder or something, and that'll be in the description here, Nice. so you guys okay. can listen and see. Listen and see.
1: Yeah. today was a bravery test because I was finishing them the finishing them up, and. uh I was like, okay, I, I don't know if a wash is going to work with this kind of paint. Because you, ha- in order to thin it, I have to use paint thinner, but if you dunk these things in paint thinner, it will literally eat the paint and and, and rub it off. Right. So this is going to be interesting. Um, and so I ended up making kind of a, a dark brown-red uh, that I wanted to do over the silver and kind of uh, weather it a little bit in some of the big silver areas. And so the first part I did, it was definitely like not thin enough, and I basically just repainted it the wrong color and I was like fuck. So I took my brush and I took a bunch of paint thinner and I just like ran the brush through some paint thinner so I didn't mix any of like this color I had like this big glob of color and then I tried that and that's that ended up working I was able to dab it on and then I took a dry brush and, and got the ex- excess off and it's like okay this got into the cracks it, it, it darkened it a bit but I'm still getting that silver through mm-hmm. and so I can do a wash with this I just it requires a bit more work. And you can dry brush with it. And that actually works pretty well. And then you can regular paint with it. So all of the main techniques you can do with enamel paint. It's just a little more difficult. And you need a couple extra brushes to deal with the uh, the excess. Because it, it's so tacky that you can't just soak it back up with the brush you're using.
2: So if you're doing it again or when you're doing it again, are you going to stick with your paints? Or are you going to get new ones?
1: I'll probably stick with what I got because I got a shitload left.
0: yeah. They turned out good too, yeah, I, it is harder to work with, but honestly the there are benefits to using it, yeah I yeah, love the I love the very... gold sword there with like it's got like the the darkness there too, and it looks like it's like dirty and dingy
2: but still like shiny it's really cool.
1: yeah, it was really fun messing with the gold weapons because I knew I wanted to do that for the weapons because I thought it would look really striking, but then dry brushing with the black to try to to get the details out, and then it made them look really weathered like man, these guns are filthy. And I think that looked that that ended up being a good thing. And there was a couple things I tried to do with the guns and I ended up, or the swords, and I ended up uh, starting over and just repainting them gold. And like, okay, that didn't work. Just not worry about all the little details. I do not have the skill or time to to stress over all of them. And dry brushing is great because it really does bring out those little bits without a lot of effort.
0: Oh yeah, you know on that point. Uh, Chad, you mentioned about like watching tutorials and stuff online. Um, I know you had a a favorite that you wouldn't watch in like almost as much as Bob Ross, but if anybody out there wants to paint, there are an infinite amount of great resources. If you just go to YouTube and type in whatever like unit you bought, there's probably a really specific one about here's how I did this specific Legion Mm -hmm. with this one effect that made them look very cool and unique.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I really liked, um uh, Midwinter Minis, which is like this UK couple. The guy paints and like his fiancé makes fun of him while he does it. So it's really <laughs> funny, but he's also like really, really good at speed painting these things and will teach you a shitload of great techniques on how to do it. Nice. And then uh, Goober Town Hobbies is the other one where it's like this one dude named Brent and his cats get in the way all the time because he's got cats. And he's like really calm and he's always just trying to have like the most fun, even if the results aren't always perfect. And so he's another good one to watch for if you just like just starting out, those two are those two channels are going to teach you a lot, and they're just really entertaining YouTube channels.
3: Yeah, I,
2: I think like, as, as we mentioned, it can definitely be intimidating to get into, and especially if you're just like listening to this, and you haven't painted and you're like, yeah, that seems like a lot of work and, and effort, but I mean, once you have it, it's kind of like, it's not as complex as it comes off, I, I, I'd say. You just kind of take your time and, and do it, and there's so many resources out there for it.
1: The other thing too is to yeah. be smart about it, like If you do things in the proper layers, you don't really have to go back and fix your mistakes. And the big problem I did with my guys is that I did not do them in the proper layers. I thought I was doing it that way. And then I realized like midway through, it's like, oh no, I probably should have done this color next and then this color, because then I could touch up as I went instead of needing to go back a couple steps and touch up. And you you learn that as you go. I don't know if you can like completely plan that
2: ahead without making a few mistakes. For sure. Just just get a lot of figures, and if you screw some up, you have more. So mm-hmm. it's all good. So I mean, Cameron, you're doing the Warhammer ones, but ha- have you have you thought about doing Star Wars? Because I know you're a big Star Wars fan, or is it
0: sort of like yeah? Well, I have, but I I guess my problem is um, if I got a Star Wars one, I take the Star Wars lore like really serious.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was thinking about like, well, maybe I could just get that little Darth Vader because I like Darth Vader. Yeah. But it's like that's just a black unit and I'll paint his, his sword red. Mm-hmm. Like there's only so much detailing I could do on it. Right. So it felt like as as much as I like Darth Vader, there's only so much I can do to have fun painting it because I pictured uh like like Chad said, it was a project to do all these units. Yeah. And I think with Darth Vader I could I could build prime and finish it in an afternoon. Like yeah. counting dry time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I want to a... like
1: I want to talk about your units that you did though, Cameron, too, because they're fucking gorgeous. You did an amazing job on your granites and your uh, the ones you did before those like fantasy ghost things with the the scythes, like Yeah,
0: yeah. You went all so out. I... Yeah, well, I want to I want to get into it. I guess um, what I originally wanted to do was paint, and when I went to the store, I was like completely overwhelmed with all the stuff they had in the store, mm-hmm. but I ended up getting a. Uh like a board game copy. It's like a, it's like a baby starter set of the fantasy guys. And I got these ghosts and I thought, okay, I'll paint, I'll paint the ghosts and they're fighting the paladins and I'll let my dad paint the paladins and we can play together. And I just fell in love with the whole process, but I got the, uh, I got my night haunt guys here and I'll try to describe the details, but I tried really hard to make the ghosts look like they do not belong on the base. Like they're shaded completely different and lit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the one horse guy is like fading through a tombstone gate there he is
2: yeah and there's like greenery on the base but they're like you know these
0: blood covered you know beings of death I just love these sculpts so much they're yeah.
1: great sculpts but also like the lighting and the shading you did on like the, the bronze armor where it's like a dark bronze but then it's got like little bits of gold on the
0: edges so you get like that perfect I... <laughs> lighting gradient like yeah. holy shit dude <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy with how the bronze turned out because I wanted it to look exactly like that. Mm-hmm. So this was a layer of a... It's a dark gold color. And then I dry brushed over it with brown. And then I dry brushed the highlights with silver. And then I dry brushed over that with a brown wash completely. And it basically messed it all up. So it went from gold armor into this like aged bronze and it just looks like I, it looks like exactly what I wanted it to. So I'm just super happy that it worked because halfway through, it's like, I don't know if this is working. I don't know. <laughs> I'm making this up as I go. So did you like, I don't know how many tutorials you watched then Cameron. Mm-hmm. Cause
1: I definitely did a handful because it looks like either you're really good at art stuff or you, you watch people paint this and are like, okay, that's how I'm going to do it. Like it, Cause these look really professional. You did like the highlights perfect. Everything just comes together and they look really, really good.
0: Well, um I wonder if I can find it. So I like I said, this isn't my first miniature I painted. Sure. Um I I read a tutorial like fifteen years ago when I first got into Dungeons and Dragons with my brother. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh I got I got a little miniature. And I actually I have a picture of one of my first ones. I got, I got really brave. You know how normally, like, your first miniature is going to be, like, a wizard and you paint him purple? Yeah. Sure. Or a dwarf and you paint him brown? So I got a mermaid and I decided clownfish. Oh, my gosh. Um. So I got this really old one here. You know, though, and this not, looks pretty good. It's not super great, but I love it. Yeah,
1: yeah. You did. Um, I really like the detail on it, though, because you went with the spots and the stripes. Like, you actually are like, this is what this fish looks like. hmm I'm going to try and replicate
0: this. Yeah, I broke down the layers on an actual lionfish. And what's interesting, I never noticed about their pattern, but they have, it's basically white and it fades into the brown. And then there's a hard cutoff on the line and it starts over with white again. But it fades into these like gradient patterns. And then over the pattern, there are dots. And I thought, oh, this looks like this amazing wild creature. But if I break it down step by step like this, I can actually just replicate the effect right Mm -hmm. and so this was like painfully easy to do because this was like my first attempt at it Mm -hmm. and i remember at the time like i remember my mom telling me like oh that looks pretty complicated like you sure you want to try lionfish because she saw my like my plans laid out Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah i think i can do it and then like that afternoon i just like farted this out and she was looking at like oh you did it
1: (laughs) i think like what what this is maybe missing is like I don't know if you really did any washes or, like, dry brushing, highlights, stuff like that. Like, it's a little flat, but you also ended up kind of blending the uh, the yellower uh, skin tone with, you know, the, the actual lionfish parts. Like, you definitely did more than I would consider, like, I'm young and this is the first time I'm doing this yeah. without, you know, like, you
2: ha- you had a pretty good grasp of what you were doing even then. And the hair especially looks so textured like she's underwater right now.
0: Yeah, and and again, I didn't um I didn't do a proper wash on it. Mm. I think I did to the hair, and that's what gave it like enough texture that you can actually tell that it's supposed to be hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was afraid of like ruining the effect, so I oh, just God, left yeah. it flat. Yeah. Like um, I like honestly, if I if I find wherever this miniature went, I kind of want to strip the paint off and try it again. Oh,
3: that'd be with, really like, cool. Yeah. My
0: better paints. Yeah. Sure. Um. But you were you were talking about, like, the acrylics and the enamels? Yeah. So so my dad painted his Paladins different than mine. I used the official, like, Games Workshop brand paints. Those things are expensive. They are, but what I did was I got, there was, like, a, a bundle where it was, like, a starter set that comes with brushes and clippers. So it's, like, it's tools I need, plus it's cheaper than buying the paints individually.
1: So what you should do is, um if you're not going to use them a lot, like put them in plastic bags or something, because I know the uh, the paint pots themselves do not seal very well. And
0: oh yeah, if you mm-hmm. leave
1: them be, they will dry out and become little bricks.
0: Yeah, I was I was actually reading about that too. Um, there's there's a way to store them so that they actually do stay sealed.
1: Hmm. So yeah, yeah, your dad's characters, the the paladins turned out really good, but they're also very vibrant. Did he use enamel paints too, or are different?
0: He did. Okay, he did okay. So, yeah, and what's what's perfect about it? Um, at first, I was worried they might clash funny, but you see the bright blue and the bright gold. Like mm-hmm. that gold, I couldn't capture it on camera. It looks so striking in person. Yeah, and so what was really cool was we sat down to actually play the game once we finished painting oh, them, nice. and seeing my my gross, dirty ghosts versus these like holy paladins commanding thunder. And light bounces off of every single edge on every <laughs> single piece, and it was this like great theming where it actually like leaned into the lore of the power that they bring
2: yeah it like it it almost it, wouldn't look like it, it wouldn't fit if it if he didn't use enamel paint, right like that
0: shininess leans so much into it, it really does i was I was happy with how they turned out he he was worried about like painting them poorly and ruining them, and it's like, nah, the points have fun, I don't care. But what was funny was, like, the more he got into it, the more he, like, started to really fall in love with him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is he doing more? Is he, like, is he hooked? No, this is is probably it for now. Okay. Um, But, honestly, it was so much fun painting, like, with him. Yeah. That if the opportunity comes up, I'll I'll definitely just do more.
2: Yeah. My brother's on the other end, because we we bought the, the Legion set. So you get your Stormtroopers, you get your Rebel guys. So I'm like, okay, I'll do the Rebel guys, you can do the Stormtroopers. And we've had it for like, I don't know, a month and a half, or no, maybe less, but I've been like painting them and excited. He's like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. So he hasn't actually started his yet, but I don't know. We'll see if he gets hooked when he does. Yeah. Once you
1: get like the first couple colors down, I think it you really get into it, right? Like you got these gray characters and you, and for my in my instance, I spray painted them black mm-hmm. and then I tried to do a burst of white to give them like highlights and I didn't shake the can enough, so I fucked that up. <laughs> but even just, like, the black, like, they looked so much better with a flat black finish on them. And it's like, oh, I kind of, like, I can see where these can go now, now that, like, they're no longer this dull sprue gray. Yeah. So hopefully once he, once he starts, he he wants to keep going.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. I mean, he's a big Star Wars fan, so he's just, you know. The, the one thing now, is the Stormtroopers look a little oh, yeah. more boring because they're, they're all white. At least you know they're supposed to be painted white. I mean, you can do fun stuff with them, but um, if you look at all the instructions, it's like, yep, they're white. Yep, now they're a bit of black. So,
0: yeah, and that's a that's the thing too. Like, I love Stormtroopers. I don't know how uh, how detailed the sculpts really are because you could do a black wash over them to just bring out the details, mm-hmm. and then do the joints in the face, and it'll it'll still have enough personality, but also show how, like, bright and white they are. Yeah. Because that's kind of the point, too. It's supposed to be kind of striking. For sure. Mm-hmm. And he
2: seems more excited to sort of do the, the different kinds of troopers, like do the ones from Rise of Skywalker, do the nice red ones, do some, uh, the Rogue One ones, and, you know, all over the place. So we'll see how that goes.
0: I, I love scout troopers, too. Oh,
2: yeah, they look so cool.
0: Um, but I'm a, I'm a collector, so I saw these at Barnes & Noble, and I got a small set of the baseball, no, the football guys.
2: Oh yeah, uh, the
0: football rats. These guys are wild,
2: <laughs> and the fact um, that there's a separate game with them is.
0: Oh yeah, there's a whole like rule set just for football. Yeah, um, I'm not done painting these. I I was waiting for my better red paint to come in, and I want to I want to touch up and redo the capes mm-hmm. and maybe fix some details. But they're so like fun looking. I'm kind of happy with them. I like that
2: the numbers are sort of like it, it feels like each one just sort of drew it on them- themselves. Cause they're these like
0: yeah, I wanted that to look like as messy as possible. Yeah,
2: cause they're these, you know, they're these rats and they're wearing these like they're playing like this football game and it's it's, it's so much fun and it's super edgy. It's great.
1: I'm just like amazed at like once again like the the highlights you managed to do like on the fingers, but then you have like the dark black uh, claws and like I can definitely tell you put a lot of thought and work into these like football playing rat men. Right. <laughs> And that's what's so fucking dumb and fun about Warhammer. Everything is so stupid and edgy looking, but it looks cool because, like, at one point we were all 14, and we thought this garbage was cool. (laughs) Like...
2: Yeah.
0: It's still cool. It is. And and, and you make it by
2: yourself, and it's like, oh... You
0: you have to read the expanded universe, you don't realize the might behind each of their their, uh, claws. How
2: many Warhammer books are there, Cameron? What? Are there a lot of Warhammer books, like novels and stuff that add lore and stuff, or is it like...
0: Um so you know how like Dungeons and Dragons has books. Yeah. So that it's cute that they're trying to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I there there there's like a painful amount of Warhammer books because they they go through these phases where the property owner Games Workshop is like we're good at selling overpriced miniatures <laughs> and overpriced books and overpriced paints. So we're going to keep selling this game stuff. Uh, let's license out the IP to a uh, game company over here, a uh, author over here. Um, they get so like sloppy with it that there are periods in the history because this is this is going back to like the eighties. There's periods where they were not very careful, and there's some very poorly written books that have contradictory lore, and there are like weird game situations that complicate things. In fact, the licensing problems that happened with Blizzard. Um, when they pulled the rights from Blizzard, Blizzard was like, well, we'll just make our own. And they came out with StarCraft, and it was a hit. And they came out with WarCraft, and it's a hit. <laughs> and then that became more of a household name, which, like, eats into, like, there's a there's a great thing that'll happen. Sometimes if you talk to somebody who likes Warhammer, and they show you a picture of their Warhammer character, and you go, oh, a space marine, like, from StarCraft, <laughs> and, like, their head will explode. Because <laughs> they get so frustrated about it.
2: Yeah. Uh... I remember um, when I
1: first saw the Tyranet, I was like, holy shit,
0: Blizzard ripped off this so hard. They, <laughs> they really did. Also, the the Space Marine, like in StarCraft, it is called a Space Marine. And it's the exact same build and color as the Space Marine in Warhammer. How did they legally and I don't, like, finagle that? That it was a very long battle. Yeah. Um, I think the argument was Games Workshop doesn't make video games.
3: Hmm.
0: Like it's that stupid. Wow, I, I think the I think the the story that I was told was that they just had a very bad lawyer. Um, because I think the the case could have been made very easily, but Blizzard had a good lawyer and Games Workshop was like, well, this is a slam dunk. Let's save some money. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> you get like normie
1: people who don't know what the fuck miniatures or video games
0: are and are just like.
1: Well, this sounds different to me.
2: Uh they like hired their nephew to to have his first case, and oof,
0: pretty much. Yeah. Um, but the the coup de gras, like my favorite thing that I'm actually like working on, mm-hmm. is I want to have like a serious uh, gray knight army, ooh, ooh. like to to actual play so, play matches with. Yeah, like I my my plan is in a year or two to have like a workable army that I can actually play the game with. I feel like that's a good timeline for these two. Because,
2: like, rushing them and everything, like, I, I, I'm sure if you want to have an actual workable army, you're going to have to put, like, crazy amount of ref- refinement it, work into them.
0: I Honestly, the, the work part I can find time for, it's the money part right, <laughs> that right. I want to make sure. I'm, I don't want to just, like, throw $1,000 on eBay and get, like, some dumb models that I'll get bored of.
2: Is that how much it would cost you to yeah, finish your awesome.
0: set, you think? Oh, I, I honestly I haven't even done the math, really. Um God, I love say the no. swords you did. Yeah, like yeah the,
2: the blue, oh my god, it, it, it actually looks like a shimmering blade. With some, like, sun reflections yeah, so going they got,
0: on. They got these stupid psychic swords that are such a pain to paint. I kind of <laughs> hate them. I was, I was literally going back and forth and, like, should I even bother? Because that's what they're canonically supposed to look like. Yeah. But I was looking at custom Grey Knights where they don't bother with it, and it's like, ah, it doesn't look the same, I don't know. Um... These are still work in progress. I actually i had to, I had to take them all off at their bases. I I put them on bases that are too small, <laughs> so it's not legal for the rules. So I had to go take a knife and pop them all off and risk like breaking everything and shipping oh, all the paint. And it was the most stressful night.
2: Uh. <laughs> so wait, but uh, don't they come with the bases, or you just put them on the wrong ones?
0: No, they they do come with bases, uh-huh. but they come with flat bases. Oh, okay. And what I did was I, um, I found like a cheap set of a, uh, the Games Workshop sells these like better bases that have like details etched into them. So I don't know if you can really tell, but there's like, uh, metal sheeting. Yeah. I uh, I don't know if it really comes across in the. It kind of looks yet.
2: like a sewer grate. it has got a bit of detail in there.
0: Yeah, and so and I even I painted them too, and it looked up, like rusted out and stuff. Um, but they're just, I didn't realize they were a different size. So I finished painting the bases and I glued them to the bases and I posted a picture online and asked, how are these doing? And someone said, wow, those are really good. You put them on too small for, for, uh, Terminator units. They have to be, um, six millimeters, not five. Fuck. And, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> and the fact they can tell so from I, a
2: picture, just like six to five millimeters.
0: Well, you, you kind of can because I guess it's uh, the legs. on one of these, yeah. like, yeah, the feet kind of like crossover and it's like the the base should actually cover like the bulk of the mass right so it's like oh no i didn't even think about that
1: army's like can't you just pretend they're six millimeter and not give a shit
0: i mean you could you could but part of what i'm having fun with at least with these guys is taking them serious right okay you did Um, drill out the guns yeah oh really um yeah, I t- I got I got a very small drill bit and I literally drilled drilled holes into the wrist guns. Oh, that's cool. Cuz the sculpt is just flat. <laughs> so it's such a minor detail that you may not notice. And it like it's a it's a sort of thing where if you leave them flat, you can tell that they weren't drilled. If you drill them, you don't notice anything. Right. Where it's like you're working for par. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it is nice. But I got like the aged paper and the you know, I'm, I'm happy with how they're coming along. I have a few more details to do. and um,
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, they're looking good. I have to redo the bases, too. I, I think I'm going to... I'm actually going to do a technique where you take sand and you just glue the sand to the base, hmm. and then you paint over the sand to make it look like Mars. Oh, cool. Um, And it's really easy and cheap to do, so I'm going to have fun experimenting with that, too. Nice. That was
1: one thing I don't like how my bases turned out, like... I tried to do what I could to give them some variety, so I dry brushed them with a bunch of different colors to try and make it look kind of rocky or, or sandy or whatever, just to make them not so flat. But like in an ideal world, I'd be able to go to a store and get like aquarium gravel or something to glue down, and then like paint them like fun rock colors, yeah. uh, or go to like the the weird hippie shop that sells like healing crystals, and get really tiny ones to glue down, like <laughs> crawling over like this weird rocky, bright, you know. Because I, I like the bright colors. I mean, I went with a purple as my main color. And yeah. so I wanted to do that. Nothing of that sort is open. And so it's like, oh, I guess I'll let's deal with what I got. But at a certain point, too, it, I've put so many hours into this. I was like, I don't need to put an extra couple hours into what they're fucking standing
2: on. It's not a big deal. Yeah. O- only one of my guys actually put stuff on the base. And I literally just went outside into a planter, took dirt, threw it on there, and then threw like a leaf. And I'm like, oh, that kind of works with him. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So there's another uh, interesting technique. Um, I don't know if either of you guys have seen this. Mm. The picture's uploading very slowly.
3: Where so is I'm it? Going to
0: keep talking, so it sounds like there's content.
3: Okay. Yeah, I um, like content. I, I like content. I, and I
0: don't. I don't know how to do bases. I kind of. I don't care, but it's part of it. So I'm trying to do it, you know, quote oh. unquote, correctly. Um, oh, cool. Do you see these? Yeah. So, do you know how these
2: were made? They look either like wood chips or breakfast cereal. I can't really tell. Maybe neither.
0: Yeah. So I was gonna say brown sugar. Oh.
3: You
0: you just you glue you basically glue the base to a cork board and then take a knife and cut out the circle, and then you chip and pull away at it and it comes out rocky. Damn. And then the the cork it's so textured that you can apply like the same kind of paints and the layer techniques and the washes and stuff. And it looks like it's made uh, for miniatures. And this guy just, like, glued skulls in there. That's really cool. To make it, you know, a little more detail.
1: Yeah, add the Warhammer but it's like,
0: skull touch. Oh, mm. yeah. It's just like, oh, you know, corkboard, that's actually a very practical way to not only measure it out flat so it lands even, but it just, at that scale, it looks like it has texture. Like, here's some, like, concrete. Yeah, yeah. Um. Here's part of a road. This is all corkboard.
2: Oh Oh wow!
0: And if you paint it, yeah, if you paint it right, it does not look like cork- corkboard at all.
1: Huh. Oh that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I never even thought about using corkboard for a base. No, it's brilliant. Oh, here's a step by step. Um, so you can see like the primer and then like the first layer of shading and then like a different color to shade different parts and then highlights and then a dry brushing. Damn. Yeah. It, it looks like concrete. And or suddenly like, it looks like rock. Like the moon, you know, it's yeah. Wow. And you use different colors. You could make it look like it's the surface of Mars. You can make it look um, like it's inside of a volcano. I've seen a lot of very creative and interesting sort of, uh, interpretations of this technique.
2: Yeah. It's cool with um, miniatures
0: that, you know, there
2: is the sort of by the book one where you're, playing it competitively and you can do it or you can just do
0: whatever the hell you want with it kind of thing yeah this guy actually he kind of like airbrushed on some green and then dry brushed over it damn and it looks like moss growing damn so at that scale it looks really you know intentional like it really does bring the whole model down to that scale where you believe that they're standing on a mossy rock Mm -hmm.
1: that was one video i was watching where a a guy was looking at, like, the box art for these, like, they're supposed to be really giant, like, 30-foot-tall robots. But the the bases had, like, grass that would have been to scale to a human. <laughs> and so it's like, well, how can they be 30-foot-tall robots if they're standing in, like, normal-ass grass? And so when he was trying to do them himself, like, that was one of the alterations he made was to the base, just to make them look bigger, t- too, because they're supposed to be. And so the bases definitely can add a lot to, to the miniature and... It's kind of funny. I know, like Games Workshop makes like a texture thing you get that you can like paint on, and then you just paint over it, and it it's some edgy word and then texture. Right. I, I don't remember what it's called. But I, of all of like their products, I could see buying like that would be the one to get because it's just like oh, you literally paint on or scrape on the texture, and you can do whatever you want to it, and then it's there, and now you have rocks, and and depending on how you paint it, you have. Bigger rocks or smaller rocks or whatever.
2: Right. I yeah, I I think I want to try the corkboard thing though. That sounds really cool, and the possibilities with that. Is that a bunch of corkboards?
0: It's also yeah. It's also yeah. This is so that also shows like the variety. So none of it looks the same. Just because you're going to be cutting and breaking it out, unique. So it kind of adds personality that way too. It it's it's interesting. It's a fun way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um. I can see how people get carried away with this and get, like, 40, 50 figures. And, like, it's their main hobby.
2: Which, I, you know, maybe not carried away. It's just their main hobby kind of thing. Like, there's a lot to do in it.
0: Yeah. And what's neat, too, with the cork board is that it's pretty cheap. You can get, like, a sheet at Office Depot. They don't know you're going to cut it up. Right. (laughs) So they're not paying, you know, they're not asking for hobby prices. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, so, like, how much do bases cost? or like the the one you were looking at Chad the, the kid or or what have you
1: oh, I was uh, that would that was where Cameron you you bought bases right yeah,
0: Oh, Yeah right. but I bought like I, I bought half a box on eBay for like less than it was like underpriced and I can't remember how much I spent Oh okay
1: Cuz if it's a games workshop it, thing it's probably pretty expensive They don't give it, their stuff Yeah it away.
0: was I want to say that I it was like under a dollar for each one though Okay because it was like, they sell a box of like 40 bases, mm-hmm. and I got two sheets, so I think it's 20, Yeah, and I don't think I spent $20 on this. That's
2: good. I mean, and the amount of money that you're paying per figure, like an extra dollar for a base is,
0: you know, not not too bad. There. You can rationalize yeah. it pretty yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. I, I do want to say one thing, though. Mm. Um, If you go back up and look at the fantasy ones, they come with bases. I don't know why the sci-fi ones don't. But the fantasy ones, each unit has a unique build. Huh. It's like this this one ghost has a tombstone, and this other one's, like, climbing on top of a, a tree. And it's it's really neat, and they're really fun to paint. And then when I got to the sci-fi guys, I put them on that little flat thing, and I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. So it didn't come with a base so at for all? for
1: these fantasy guys, though, did you have to build them? Yeah. But is there only, like, one way to build them, though?
0: Um... There was a there there were different weapons. I don't okay. think you can tell, but one of the horse guys has a drum instead of a pole arm. Or these aren't pole arms or scythes. Yeah. But he has a he has a drum.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a uh, war drum kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. He's the one faded in the background. Um,
0: which is it, that's another funny thing with the I, I know Chad brought up like mixing and matching some of the parts. When I got my Paladin guys, I just thought, oh, they'll look cool, because they look cool on the box. And I'm reading the rules, and they have, like, four different options for weapons, and it's like, oh, no, I don't know what the meta is. <laughs> I, I want them to have hammers, but I don't know if they can all have hammers. Oh, no, that's against the rules. It's... Only one can have a hammer. So the
2: meta, like... D- See, that's stupid. Because in Overwatch, you know, like, in games, meta change. metas change pretty often. So, you know, you put in all this effort, you spend, like, let's say, 300 bucks on figures... And then the meta changes? Is that what is that what happens? Like does it happen that often or
0: So yeah. Oh my gosh. Um what, what's really interesting, this is like a little behind the scenes on just how the, the game design works, but like I told you there's uh there's like the core rule book, and then you have like your army rule book. Now they're gonna put out a rata, so that you can just find for free on the website, and it's just like that's basic patch notes that Uh, oh, you should actually get two re-rolls on this one, or this spell uh, that's no longer tournament legal, there's a problem with it, we'll redesign it. Now, they're doing this, like, massive wave of redesigning and adding new spells to each army, but it comes out in these, like, quarterly patches. So what they're doing is, there's a separate book, and it's a series called Psychic Awakening, and it's like, okay, part of the, part of the gameplay is that everyone has a psychic phase. So we're going to just give everyone more spells and the, the armies that don't use magic, they'll just also get bonuses, but it's going to be part of this like psychic awakening thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a book called psychic awakening that will cover like five armies. And they release one of these like every six months or something for different armies. So if you look up like my gray knight's, they're in one of those psychic awakening books, but it also covers like two other armies that I don't use. So it's like I'm not gonna buy that. I'm gonna look it up online for free. Right. Right. <laughs> but when that book came out, Grey Knights are literally like unusable and now it changed some of their spells and now they're usable.
3: Hmm.
0: And it's like, oh I I feel really bad for people that like these guys' aesthetic. And maybe they bought the models because they look neat. Yeah. Or maybe they used to play back in 6th edition. But now in 8th edition, yeah, great Knights aren't good anymore. And then they release a book. And it's like, Great Knights are good again. <laughs> and it's like, well, I can't keep it's up. It's almost like a stock thing
2: where you're like, okay, you should d- you should have like two or three armies. And one of them should be good at one time or at least usable. And things cycle and everything. But if you're just buying Some one. Some people,
0: yeah. Yeah. Some people literally do that. I've seen. Um, I've been reading a lot of threads. I've, I watch some videos. I listen to a couple podcasts. I'm like absorbing a lot. And a lot of people, they they have their go to, or they have their favorite, or they have their their poster child, their little baby that they keep on their desk. <laughs> they love their they love their Grey Knight, or they love their Battle Sister. Um, but they know that they're never going to take this unit to the table again until <laughs> Games Workshop fixes this damn game. And that's why they're working on this unit over here, or that army over there. It's like everybody always kind of has, like, oh, right now, uh, long range is the meta. And, like, I'm looking at a. I want to collect maybe um some of the, the Tyranids because they just look neat. But the ones that look the most neat are all like melee units. Hmm. And it's like, well, everything I'm reading, these are the worst Tyranids to own. So it's like, I don't know if I want to bother. If See, I'll though, never that's play the thing is. Them.
1: I think it might be kind of fun, depending on where we go with this in the next like six or seven months, to, to choose a set and I'll paint it and see what we come up with, like build and paint. Mm-hmm. And to me, the Tyranids are almost the most flexible because their lore is just like wherever they are, they, they steal like genetics from that. So they always look different colors and they have different shapes and different weapons. And so it would still be in the lore, but also they're just really fucking cool bug monsters and I want to buy a set or two of those to paint them. Cause I want to see what I can do with them, and I got like some really cool colors yet. That like I got this teal, I really want to use as like a main color, and it might be neat on like a gross bug to have like a teal armor plate and then like brown or yeah. something. Like
3: that.
1: So I'm, I'm kind of thinking like I, because I definitely don't care about the meta. I'm all about like does it look cool, and the thing is, is like these cooler sets are like you're you're throwing like forty dollars at them though. And so you have to balance, like, do yeah. I want to throw forty dollars at this project that that is only going to sit on my bookshelf?
0: Um,
3: yeah,
1: but it might be fun to try and pick a set we all like, and then like see what we do with them.
2: Yeah,
0: and I th- yeah, that that would be fun. Um, it, it's also it's frustrating the the way that some of the units are just they're valued at different ways. Mm. Um, cause like you can find a starter set where it's like, it's $80, but it comes with all these guys, or you can get this one helicopter for $85. And it's like, oh, is that helicopter as good as all those like 10 guys? It's like, no, actually the helicopters are out of the meta. Don't, don't buy that one. <laughs> and it's like, why is it $5 more than the 10 guys that are useful? Right.
1: That was a thing i was watching someone paint a tyranid set that i thought looked cool and like the whole comment section was like it's like yeah they look neat but they're garbage don't buy them like spend your army points on
2: another set of these guys because they do more damage yeah and i wonder if the balancing in the game is based on like well you know these are like everyone's buying these these aren't selling we should we should switch it up so people also buy these or if it's like i'm very fascinated by the way that they balance this game
0: I am too, um, and game balance is an interesting thing. I know we've talked about it in the past, but something that's that's kind of frustrating right now with, like, internet culture, I notice there's a lot of conversations, like, if you look up Overwatch and you look up Overwatch meta, there's going to be people that say, oh, blank, 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 those are the three characters you need to have. Right. If no one on your team is good with any of those characters, just because the characters are mathematically more successful in tournament settings does not mean that's your team's highest chance of success. And you'll see this in tournaments or like, I, I think there was a street fighter tournament last year where it's like the first time in years that someone got Chun-Li to the finals. And everyone's like, why would they even pick Chun-Li? Are they just trying to show off? And it's like, no, it's because that's their best character. Right. And it's, it's like, At the same time, no one has spent any time in the past series of years practicing against Chun-Li. So suddenly they're misreading hitboxes. And and it's like it's shaking up the meta only because they're not used to it, not because it's actually better. But then you see a wave of people going, I'm going to be Chun-Li now. (laughs) And it's like you you have to factor in the meta, but you don't read the meta as some sort of factual rulebook. And the
1: meta is not the Bible.
0: Right. People run away with these concepts in bizarre ways.
2: Like in Overwatch when it was, you know, triple tank, triple support, all the pros are running it, everyone was running it, and it's like, yeah, that's good, but, you know, if you have a really good tracer player who can, like, delete a player on the other team in, like, a couple seconds, that's, like, if that's what they're comfortable with, that's that's more valuable to your team than a bad Zarya player, or someone who doesn't know their bubble cooldowns. Also,
0: yeah, but also like a Widowmaker, if you have a good Widowmaker and no one's bothering to counter her... Then it, it could be one v six. Yeah. And she's also a character that's like like that
2: when you're getting clicked by her from far, it it's really frustrating too. So it, it helps that
0: spiraling as well. Yeah. Um it also how do how do I put this? I remember once we were playing a game that was uh three tanks and three support, and we countered it with I give up, let's pick six support, that'll be funny. <laughs> And not only did we win, but this was a two point and they couldn't get the first point. Damn. And they were rolling with, this was like in quick play, but they were rolling with like a six stack fully committed, like, okay, they're going with the meta pick and they could not coordinate. They could not do anything right. Um, I was mercy. Every time someone would die, I'd resurrect them. And then there were output healing. Like I'm being shot at, but everyone else is healing me at the same time. Yeah. So I'm the tank because I have infinite health. Like it was, it was hilarious how functional it was, because that's not how the game was designed. But it was the most fun we had, right?
1: Yeah, I remember that game because I was playing. I think I was playing Moira, so I was like, I guess I'm the DPS because I have my purple wall.
0: Yeah. A- and that's the thing we yeah. we we had like we had sub roles. So you were DPS, and then and like uh, Zenyatta was DPS also. Um, and I was focused purely on healing, and and then like uh, if you had your ult up, I buffed your damage, and you got a triple kill, <laughs> and it's like this is great, right? Yeah, and it's 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 also more fun because like you know you're like
2: well supports sh- in your head you're like this shouldn't work, but again people don't play against six supports most of the time, so it, it it works and it's it it's fun when you have that options so now Overwatch with their you know roll lock or they're kind of cutting that out, it's kind of like ah it's it's interesting how they're balancing that too. Because, on one hand, it's more competitive, but on the other hand, it's, like, less interesting and less less chance of things going differently because everyone's two two two. Yeah, yeah, I feel like bit. I take
1: a lot less chances now. Like, normally I would play Widowmaker every once in a while or Tracer every once in a while because I'm not great with them, but they're fun. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't feel like I can do that anymore because someone can't pick up the slack if I'm a shit DPS.
2: Yeah. And then, on the other hand, if you... If you like, if you, if you queue for DPS, you get to DPS. You can play Whittle the whole game, and no one can tell you to switch off really, because hey, there's only two DPS players, and I've got one of the slots, so you're stuck with me. Yeah, which can get frustrating too on the other end, but
1: I mean,
0: well, people will still tell you to switch yeah, off, yeah. I'm like you suck, play something else. Yeah, you like, I'm just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so let's, well, we have Alex here. Let's um, let's close up with some Overwatch talk.
3: Yay. Um,
0: I did my placement, I did my placement matches for this ranked season. You played comp. Yeah, um, I I lost not only all the games, but I also did not finish any games with a, a complete team. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like the attitudes in comp right now, the the whole hero band thing has people salty, mm. on top of the normal saltiness you get. Right. Uh so it's just awful. But I'm enjoying Echo. Do you like Echo? Do you try Echo. Echo's yet? really fun to play as. And she's... I've been waiting for her forever, like, since the beta, yeah. when she was in, like, concept art that they put out, and every single time they announce a character, it's like, is it going to be the cool robot? And No. <laughs> so, are, are you happy now cool that ro- she's oh, here? a different robot. Now that she has the, you see her yeah, toolkit and stuff, and, yeah. So, uh, uh, her toolkit's not at all what I pictured it would be, and I really don't like her alt, and I don't like any of her alt costumes. Okay. But I like her personality and I like her default costume hmm. And even though it's not what I expected, I do enjoy her kit. So net gain, I am happy. Well, that's but good. also it's like oh whatever. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm really interested to see what Overwatch 2 happens. I'm like, are they gonna take out heroes? because the game was much more manageable when there were less heroes. I mean, I I like new heroes, but in terms of balance and everything, are they going to, like, add 20 new heroes and just be like, yeah, you know, we'll have a lot of bans?
0: So what's weird is they they used to um, – this comes up every other year where they'll say we might actually remove heroes at one point just for, like, balance reasons. And then everybody, like, spurgs out like they're being raped. Mm. And it's like you, you, people like picking the characters that they like. And you can take anyone on the roster and there is a super fan for that character. For sure. So it's it's very difficult to say we just don't want Reinhardt in the game anymore because the shield mechanic just isn't fitting in with what we want from the game right now. Yeah. There's design reasons to say that, but I feel like they're experimenting with this weird like weekly rotation thing they're doing where like random-ass characters are just taken out of ranked. Yeah. And it feels like there's no logic behind it, and it's rotating too fast for a meta to form. And it's
2: unfortunate, I think.
0: But I feel like, yeah. well, I'm no,
2: just like if, if I'm like for pro players, this is their career, this is their livelihood, and Blizzard every week is like, oh yeah, your best player, no, nope, not being played. Sorry. It, it like it, it's already like they're dealing with playing from home and everything, but to be like, oh yeah, like you, you there was a coach on Toronto, he, the head coach for Toronto, he left because he was like, well. Like, Overwatch League now is just, like, how can players adapt on the fly and adapt to changes in heroes' availability? There's not a lot of coaching on. You're not, like, building a system where, like, okay, well, we're going to run this and we're going to be the best at this and sort of do that. It's, like, every week it changes. Let's hope that we
0: survive. You know when you're playing Mario Party and you get that one game where it's, like, pick a number. Oh, the bomb exploded. You picked five. Right. It's, like, a weird step backwards. Um so I I don't know what they're going to do. I feel like they're they're doing this intentionally to experiment right now mm-hmm. leading into Overwatch 2. They're doing this to Overwatch 1 specifically to learn things. This isn't for anyone's enjoyment. Right. This is them publicly beta testing without telling people they're in the Overwatch 2 beta. <laughs> they're they're going to take notes and they're going to structure something different in Overwatch 2 at some point where it's like the, they'll they'll set a season and they'll say it's only these characters but for the whole season so you can plan around right it. or we're gonna put in a ban system like every other game that has this so if the other team really doesn't like your moira assume they're gonna ban your moira that you know like there's gonna be something that happens but they're learning right now
2: yeah and it, it's just a frustrating experience i guess for players who are like, well, what's going on? Because, you know, they are being the guinea pigs right now. But, I mean, Overwatch has been out since 2016. I've had a lot of enjoyment with the game already, and it's like, well, I paid, you know, I
0: paid like 60 bucks for this game, and I've played like so many hours, so... To be fair, um, anyone playing Overwatch is an idiot, and they just (laughs) to be taken advantage of. It's true. So I don't feel bad about this process. I have Overwatch on Switch, so
2: that's the whole story.
0: I'm kind (laughs) of... I was tempted to do that, and I just, I'll probably get it when it's on sale, because it just makes me laugh more than
2: anything. Yeah. <laughs>
3: it's like, I have a
2: Switch Lite, so I don't even have a proper controller or, like, a proper big screen. And it's like, I'm Farrah and I'm like, okay, I'm flying. And then it's like, I can't hit anyone. Or, like, trying to play Widowmaker, like, so- I just, no, it doesn't work.
0: So, so Richard plays on PS4. Okay. And he doesn't play it religiously, but once in a while like he'll he'll say, "Oh, I heard on a podcast that a new character came out." So when I go visit, he'll give me the controller and say, "Show me the new Overwatch character." And I will like get into one match and demonstrate how overpowered the character is at launch, and he'll go, "Wow, this game sucks." And we play something else. <laughs> like that's been our our routine every time a new character comes out in Overwatch. That's playtesting. <laughs> is, "Cameron, show me how broken it is." <laughs> I feel like that's a decent relationship to
1: have with Overwatch. Yeah. Are... better than ours where we hate it half the time we play. So
2: are you guys still playing a
0: lot of Overwatch? <laughs> or is it... We play... So that's funny. We play Overwatch literally every single week after we record the show. Mm-hmm. Um, This is also the time of the week that I'm most drunk. <laughs> and that is why I play Overwatch. Because... I'll try to play like while sober, and I'll get my gamer headset on, and it's like I'm gonna get in the comp, I'm gonna take a readie, I'm gonna call shots, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the reps, I'm gonna blurp the bops, I'm gonna pickle the ricks, and I get into a game, and then somebody go, oh, it's that guy again, and they quit, and I have a thing saying you're gonna lose this match if you leave if you leave early, you'll be punished, and it's like okay, <laughs> you can't pick mercy, okay, this is a fun game,
2: yeah.
1: Speaking of, do we wanna log off
0: and and. Play Overwatch. Yeah, I'm sick. of All this gay painting shit. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's been an hour and twenty minutes. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, let's close out very quickly with very brief glad spaces. Um, Chad, do you have a glad space this week? Uh, sure. Uh,
1: the band Alestorm put out a song today. It's called Tortuga, and it's it's like new metal. If Alestorm did new metal, if you don't know the band. That doesn't make, mean any, make any sense, <laughs> but basically, it, it's, a, it's, it's a fucking bonkers stupid song, but it's a lot of fun, and I would suggest going to listen to it. Yay. They rap like pirates would rap.
2: Okay, now I'm very intrigued.
1: What about you guys? That silence glad was, was my I glad was...
2: space, because I'm just so happy to be uh... here on this podcast. I've been a long-time listener, Wait. first time on the podcast. Um, but also I'm very much enjoying tabletop simulator because, uh, I haven't been going out recently, but been able to play lots of board games with, with friends and such. I played Pokemon master quest today and I got all the legendary Pokemon and then my girlfriend quit and we didn't finish the game. So, you know, great life, great time.
0: That's good. I've been, I've been playing a lot of VR chats. I feel like I've been getting out more than usual. Um, but my, my glad space is a little weird. Uh, are you familiar with the restaurant chain Rock and Brews? No. So Rock and Brews is kind of cool. Um, it's actually. Are you familiar with the name Paul Stanley?
3: Is
1: that- no. No.
0: <laughs> and uh and his partner Gene Simmons. <gasps> okay, I know who Gene Simmons is. So these two guys they used to be in some like washed up band, but now they're restaurant owners. Right. And they own they own restaurants that are pretty much exclusively found in airports, so that you're a, you're like literally a hostage. If you <laughs> have to eat there, but they have like each restaurant has almost like a hundred beers on tap, and actually these really good burgers. Like oh. it is actually a nice place. But there, I was I was given privy. If you guys listen to Mega sixty four, you heard Rocco explain it even better. But uh, he he informed the public of this amazing gem you can find on YouTube if you look up. Rock and Brews um, Gene Simmons interviews every time they open a restaurant they have an interview with the local news in that area and Paul is very normal and he's a restaurant owner <laughs> and he explains how how much pride he has in the recipes and the menu and the environment and Jean is very tired and shouldn't be left outside. <laughs> <laughs> and he will say whatever comes to mind. So the interviewer will say, "Oh, wow, this, this restaurant's great, and it's a it's a great like a uh, like family environment, you know. Uh, but but what's great with the music playing is that you can introduce a new generation to your music. It's like, yeah, the, those modern guys they 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 killed music, man. It's it's all these crackheads. They think that they're rap stars, but they're not even <laughs> rapping right." um he goes like he goes off the deep end a few times if you if you start watching these on youtube others will get recommended to you oh jeez it's like a magical experience it's like a spirit journey it's like if you if you go down the the rock and bruise youtube hole that
2: sounds wonderful and it reminds me of <laughs> well it's it's a delightful fun. experience uh, there was a Scooby-Doo meets Kiss movie that came out a couple years ago and i watched it and it was that so was good. strange
0: it's great. Like they the- literally... They go to Kiss's homeworld and fight demons. Yeah. And they, they literally... This is, like, free on YouTube. You can just find it. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't care. But there's a running gag that the manager wouldn't stop pushing merchandise. Like, it's this deus ex machina mechanic. Every time the kids need anything, the manager just shows up. And it's like, well, just use this Kiss-branded ghost detector. And he just, like, has one handy. Huh. It is hilarious. Like, there are so many... Like clever jokes that I feel like will go over some kids' heads, but if you know anything about KISS, it's fantastic. Yeah.
2: And like Velma's like, Plus, it's a good scoop. Yeah. Thing. It's a good mystery. And Velma's all like, I believe in science. And then it's like the KISS dimension. And she's like, Huh? It's a. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm out. It, it, it's like she has to rethink her whole worldview, um, but it's happening while KISS is like rocking away in the background. And it's like, Oh, Velma. Huh.
0: Yeah, they literally they get on like the Rainbow Bridge to Teldrassil, or or Yigdrasil um, and like travel interdimensionally to the to the Kiss Home World, and it's just like you know what this is great. Yeah, check it out. YouTube. <laughs> but I'm glad you could join us, Alex. Thanks for making the time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm um, yeah, glad fun. everyone had fun painting, though. Yeah.
2: Gonna gonna do this. Gonna do finish my figures someday.
1: I'm gonna go pee. It's okay. gonna be great. Okay. Is wow. that how you paint your
2: figures? Is that a base coat? Mm. Just like.
1: No, no? it's. Uh, I had a drink or two tonight, and really, really need to get rid of it. Fine. That's our
0: cue. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we Good gotta night, everybody. Out. Bye.
2: All right, Chad. Just lower, lower down. Yep.
0: Lower. Lower. Lower.
2: Okay.
3: Okay. We're good now.